Welcome, everyone. I am Bob Wurzelwalker, the director of the Respect Life Office for the Archdiocese of Cincinnati, and this is our video podcast series that we call Being Pro-Life. Each month, we discuss a different topic in the Respect Life arena. We hear a personal story from someone deeply affected by that issue, and finally, we'll share ways that you can get involved. This week, we have a special episode on St. Joseph and the pro-life movement because of Feast of St. Joseph and the year of St. Joseph right here in 2021. So we have a special guest this week. Will you please introduce yourself? My name is Father Angelo Anthony. I'm pastor of St. Joseph's Emmanuel and Holy Trinity Catholic Churches in downtown Dayton. All right. So Father Angelo, I think we hear a lot about Mary and sometimes more specifically the image of Our Lady of Guadalupe. That's even the logo. <laughs> if you're watching the video, it's right behind me associated with the pro-life movement. But you want to talk about how it is that St. Joseph even specifically is connected to the pro-life movement. So why don't you tell us about that? Yes. In this year of St. Joseph's, it's been an opportunity for me to reflect more deeply upon his life and witness. We don't have any words of St. Joseph's in sacred scripture, and yet we have a powerful presence in a number of the accounts of what happened in the birth of Christ. And Pope Francis is really inviting us to look at the life of St. Joseph this year as one who was in the shadows, who appears hidden, you might say, and yet plays such an important role in salvation history. I think what the Pope is really inviting us to do is to really delve into the complementarity that is found in man and woman. We see the Blessed Mother certainly as one who calls us to respect all life and to be that witness to life and also Joseph, the importance that it is that there is a husband, a man, a role model within the family life as well. And so when we look at Joseph as a role model for us, he really gives us some wonderful examples. Growing up, uh, I lived in St. Joseph's Parish up in Wapakoneta, Ohio. So this Joseph has been a hidden figure in my own personal life. I went to St. Joseph's College in Rensselaer, Indiana, when I went to seminary college. And now I've been here at St. Joseph's in Dayton for 10 years. And so Joseph has been for me one in the shadows. And my family, I'm from a big family. I'm one of eight children. I'm number six out of the eight. I have 28 nieces and nephews and 70 great nieces and nephews with three oh more goodness. on the way. So the family is growing and growing. And so this respect for life has just always been a part of my being, my upbringing. But I really would admit I didn't really see Joseph as a strong pro-life figure. And so then I started digging in a little bit more. I have read the Pope's pastoral letter on St. Joseph, and then also got the book from Father Don Calloway, Consecration to St. Joseph, similar to the Consecration to the Blessed Mother. Right. I went through that devotion my, and consecration myself when that book came out. I'm very familiar with that book. If any if any listeners want to know about that, I strongly recommend that book as well. It's great. It's a great yes. prayer and devotion and read even. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Yes. He just pulls so many quotes and examples from the lives of the saints together to see that this has been a part of our heritage. It just, again, Joseph is that hidden figure. And so he really helps to pull together so many aspects of how the saints look to Joseph for the support in their own journey of life as a great intercessor. So as I, I look 
and reflected, I was invited to do a uh, presentation at the midway point for the 40 Days for Life that we're in right now at the uh, uh, site of the abortion clinic. And so in preparing for that, and this year in honor of St. Joseph, this holy year of Joseph, those two came together and just the Holy Spirit was calling on me to see what can Joseph bring to the table as we look at supporting and encouraging a greater respect of life in our culture, and especially those who find themselves in a pregnancy where there is trouble and they're not sure what to do, and they're maybe considering taking that life. How can we continue to be that presence? Because sometimes also we can feel like the culture is just beating us down. You know, we, we have a voice and we've been out there and really working for life, but it, we take a step forward and it seems two steps back but we cannot give up. And that's one of the things that Joseph teaches us. He remained as a steady presence at critical times in the life of the child Jesus. And so what I was reflecting with the group, we're all kind of in the shadows right now. The larger culture maybe isn't looking, and yet we are all standing there as a strong presence for the dignity of all lives. So that whoever went by, but see, something important was happening here, that call to respect life. And so I would want to say to all listeners is don't grow weary. Continue to be that voice for life because Joseph was that example when in so many ways things were challenging to him. If we look at the very beginning, Joseph's own annunciation, he was betrothed to Mary and found she was with child, and he knew it wasn't his child. And so you just know that wrestling going on in his mind and heart. What do I do? And the angel comes to Joseph in a dream and says, do not be afraid to take Mary into your home. This is part of God's plan. One of the aspects that we learn from Joseph is that he always sought to do the will of the Father. And in that particular instant, he could have divorced Mary quietly. He was a just and upright man. And a couple of things could happen. Mary could have been stoned to death and her child killed because she was without a husband. Mary could have been saved, but then a single mother left to raise the child on her own and not having the strong role model of a father in the life of that child. So Joseph really becomes a critical figure in enabling Jesus, the bread of life, to come to us because he made that decision. He followed the, the message of the angel not to be afraid and to move forward. So it, it became an acceptance of what was before him. He didn't run away from challenges, but rather sought to do the will of the Father. And that is so important in our work for pro-life is that we must always seek to do the will of the Father. And we never know, you know, in those hidden experiences where we have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with somebody that may make all the difference on how they approach life. Or that one-on-one -on -one decision, say when a young woman comes into Elizabeth New Life Center, one of the centers that are in the archdiocese and says, I don't know what to do, I'm lost, I'm frightened. That person in the shadows who's there to be a word of truth and hope and life means life or death. And so we cannot underestimate how our work in the shadows is so important. We never know where people are looking and watching. 
You think about, you know, some of the men, they might say, well, we're going to have a child. You're telling me this and become all upset and just drop their girlfriend or the person they were seeing with whom they are having the child. Or maybe they say, that's not really my child. I don't want anything to do with it. All of those scenarios come up. And so the role of the man in all of this is important. And Joseph becomes that good role model. This happens. It wasn't in his timeline. Joseph was, you know, preparing to receive Mary into his home. He was probably getting his home ready, getting it fixed up. And then he finds out she's pregnant. That wasn't in the plan. Right. That wasn't how things were supposed to work out. So what do we do when things don't work out the way we think they should? Do we just try to destroy that life? Do we want to just get rid of it and go on? Or like Joseph, do we stay with the reality of the gift of life and do what we can to foster that life and support it? That's one of the things that Joseph teaches us. I, I have a few thoughts here, Father Angelus. When, when I first you know, knew that I was going to speak with you, I kind of assumed that uh, this image of Joseph was primarily going to be uh, how he can be an image for the father of the woman in crisis pregnancy, right? I saw that immediately, how that would be. And you, and you just mentioned that, but you're also talking the bigger picture, how it is he's a supportive in the shadows phrase that you use, right? So anyone, male or female, anyone who was standing on the sidewalk, even, you know, praying outside an abortion center, or you're working at a pregnancy care center, you know, in whatever way that you are through your prayers or through your works, they're supporting, counseling, talking to someone in a crisis pregnancy to try to help them see the choice of bringing that life into the world, whether parenting or placing, of course, for adoption, whatever it might be, is all being modeled by St. Joseph, how it is that he supported the Holy Family all of those years. That widened my eyes as well. I have a story that you made me think of. I don't know if I can do it quickly. I have a couple of daughters. And when the oldest one was like five years old, she was she loved acting out the story of Mary and Joseph, you know, in the nativity. It was so much fun to do that with her. And I remember she knew, you know, all of Mary's, you know, lines. And I would have to play the angel Gabriel and I play with then I would play Joseph. And so she would have the announcement that she would be the mother of God. And then I would become Joseph and she would run and tell Joseph, you know, this angel just told me I'm going to be the mother of God. And what struck me and playing the part of Joseph that she would run over to me and then she would be very excited and happy and say to me, God just told me I'm going to be the mother of God. You know, isn't this exciting? Right. (laughs) And I'm thinking, I don't think Joseph reacted (laughs) that way. Right. Uh, no. Well, maybe he got there, right? We know in scripture that it says that he first thought of divorcing her quietly. And then after the angel told her, then he embraced this role. Um, but it makes you wonder, first of all, did Mary wonder or hope that Joseph would immediately believe and immediately embrace and accept this message from Mary? Was she a little bit disappointed that he apparently took a little bit of time right, to accept and believe her? And when he did accept the angel's message, was he immediately filled with God's hope and spirit? And was he really joyful about this? Or was he still a little bit wary? Like, why, you know, why are you asking this of me, God? This seems like a big, because it probably was a big deal. The shame, you know, that would have been put on him from society for accepting this woman into her home. Well, who knows what people thought? 
you know, and he dealt with that, obviously, quietly honoring Mary at the same time. So he is a model of virtue and courage. There's no question about all of that. We have to know that he was a man of faith and he would have known the stories of old. So his namesake, Joseph of Egypt, when his brothers sold Joseph into slavery to the Ishmaelites, you know, as they were coming by because they were jealous of him and his father's love for him. And Joseph with the Old Testament, that whole story that looked tragic with God's providential hand at work becomes the mean of saving thousands of people's lives because of the famine that was going on. And the Pharaoh says, go to Joseph, do whatever he tells you to do. And his brothers come and there's a reconciliation. And But back in that time when he was thrown in the cistern, Joseph, it looked like things were not going to be good. And so Joseph in the New Testament, the husband of Mary, had to have known those stories of old and could see how God could bring new life even out of terrible situations or things that he couldn't understand. God can make a way when we see no way. And that's so important as we work to support all life. You know, growing up, many of the pictures of Joseph, he was a pretty old man, you know, and that up. <laughs> it Go was ahead. like, okay, was this the artist trying to say an older guy is going to be more chaste, so he's not going to, you know, have relations with Mary? Or was it because we don't hear of Joseph later in the Gospels that maybe he died much earlier? We, right. That we don't know. But the representation of that strikes me and Father Calloway in his writings also that Joseph had to be a very strong person. I mean, it was an 80-mile walk from his home to Bethlehem. Right. You know, so... No old man's going to be walking that far in those dangerous situations. And then when the child Jesus is in trouble after the birth of the child, Herod wants to kill the child. So Joseph takes that trek into Egypt. That could have been another 60 miles again to protect the child. So we have Joseph as a strong person who is defending life. He's defending the life of the Christ child. And so that also becomes a strong example for us as we work to protect the life of each child. We may have to go the distance and stand for hours in front of a clinic or accompany somebody who's in a troubled pregnancy or crisis pregnancy. And that may take a long time. And Joseph teaches us how to remain true to that call to protect life. That's what he was doing when he protected the Christ child. We know the scripture says that Herod killed all the boys two years and younger. There was a terrible slaughter of children, and we're experiencing that terrible slaughter of children today. We cannot give up on the important role we have, the hidden role of supporting all life. And just the small conversations we have one-on-one with people is going to be the pulpit from which we can continue to get that word out and to change lives. And Joseph becomes that example for us. That's another terrific image, Father. Now, if maybe we can move a little bit into the secular world. We're talking about the idea that you, know, you hear the phrase all the time that a woman's choice, right? <laughs> we could talk about what they mean by what they're choosing. But anyway, a woman's choice is a woman's choice, and the man needs to stay out of it. Men need to stay out of it. What? How do we use right our devotion or the model of St. Joseph as an answer to that phrase? that it's not a man's role to decide what a woman should be doing with her own body. Yes. Well, certainly the choice was made a lot sooner than the pregnancy that <laughs> happened. Part of it that, is. That's the actual choice that's going on. 
And the man is integral to that pregnancy. I mean, it's not going to happen just with a woman all by herself. So it's, it's this sense that because of those two becoming one and new life comes forth, his voice is important because that's a part of his life that is there, his, his own self being given. And so to have a healthy family, we need both the man and the woman, the husband and the wife to be present in the life of that child. And that is a struggle sometimes. Folks say it's just the woman's choice to do with what she wants with her body, but we have a a life that is here. And so in order to really make that healthy discernment, we need that voice of the Father present in that discernment and to allow the Holy Spirit to work in his life, to look at ways, okay, how can I support you? How can we walk this journey together? But if we throw them out of the equation, then there's no possibility for other alternatives to come to the table. And it seems like the woman then is left alone. And that's not a good place to be. We don't make good decisions when we're by ourselves. We need a supportive community around us to say, these are other options. These are other choices. This is where you have the choice to make, the choice to protect this life that is growing within you. If you don't feel you can support that life, there are parents who are waiting for a child to be able to raise a child. And so you can allow that child to be adopted and be a source of great joy in somebody else's life. So there are always other choices. But if we're left to ourselves or just my little circle of people I talk with, that's not going to be a healthy discernment process. So bringing the man's voice in, bringing the community's voice in is so important. Right. I work in post-abortion ministry as well. And I can tell you, you may have heard these as well, but I've heard so many times from women who would say that when they choose an abortion, they will say the father might have been there and have said something like, I will support whatever decision you make. And to us in today's culture, that perhaps sounds like a very supportive thing to say. Hey, whatever you decide, I'm going to be there for you. But what the woman hears, the woman does not hear support there. The woman doesn't hear that. The woman hears, I'm alone in this. It's my decision and doesn't hear a a promise that I'll be there. I'm going to be here and I'm going to help you raise this child. And so she still feels more alone and that that doesn't help. So if the man really wants to be a man, (laughs) really wants to stand up as a father, even if you still look at it as a choice, even if you still look at it that way, if the man simply says, hey, if you want to have this baby, I will be there with you. I will help you raise this child. You, even you say it like that, the odds of that woman making the choice for life are greatly, are, change greatly. This language of, of it's your choice and I'll support you in your choice is not in any way the same as I promise that I will be there <laughs> to help raise this child if that's what you choose. That's um, a very good point. Yes. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. So maybe more practically, right? How can all of us use devotion to St. Joseph more in our work in the pro-life movement? It seems to me one of the ways that we can do this is, uh, I think, growing up, Jesus learned at the school of Joseph. He learned to do the Father's will. In those various times in Scripture where we see where Joseph is interacting in the storyline, Joseph does what the angel tells him. Joseph responds to the will of the Father. And I imagine, you know, we're coming up on Holy Week in a couple of weeks, and 
we have that image of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Father, if this cup can pass from me, let it be not my will, but yours be done. I can imagine Jesus learning that from Joseph, that openness to the will of the Father, because Joseph was the teacher of Jesus. God the Father doesn't have a human form. Joseph was that human form of the Heavenly Father for Jesus. And so as Jesus learned from the school of Joseph how to be open to the will of the Father and to do the will of the Father, we catch that other story when Jesus is about 12 and he goes to the temple and the parents are frantic because he's lost. And, you know, he says, don't you know, I had to come to be with my father. And but that last line, then in obedience, Jesus listens to his parents and grows in wisdom and grace. So it's it's this awareness that Joseph was that earthly teacher for Jesus in how to do the will of the Father. And I, it seems to me that Joseph, we can go to him as an intercessor for us as we struggle to do the will of the Father. What, what might that be to do the will of the Father, to become more involved in the pro-life movement or to do the will of the Father by writing to our representatives in the legislature? There's a lot of ways that we can do the will of the Father to support the dignity of all life. And we look to Joseph to help us have that courage to keep moving forward. And like I mentioned earlier, you know, especially when things don't turn out the way we want them to or we think they should, it doesn't mean we give up or we wash our hands of whatever the challenge is. Joseph teaches us to keep going, to trusting that God is going to lead us in the right path. There may be some dips and bends that will happen in that, but Joseph teaches us that importance of staying true to the path that we have been given and to not give up along the way. So, so Father Angela, you mentioned Father Donald Calloway's book already. Consecration to St. Joseph, The Wonders of Our Spiritual Father. Right. There we go. Consecration to St. Joseph. It's a 33-day devotion to St. Joseph with some great stories, prayers, and a, and a devotional process there that I would highly recommend anyone to do, especially in this year of St. Joseph. And you can redo it every year, of course. What other devotions or other things you might recommend to help people get better connected to St. Joseph? So there are novenas in honor of St. Joseph, and also the litanies of St. Joseph are very beautiful. The different titles that he has given helps us, you know, in our own journey of faith. So we think of Joseph, faithful guardian of Christ, head of the Holy Family, Joseph, chaste and just. You know, in our culture that is just kind of gone off the deep end morally and spiritually, that Joseph is a great intercessor for chastity. You know, in the confessional, I know people are wrestling a lot with pornography one of the challenges that we have in our world today. And Joseph is a great intercessor for somebody struggling with pornography. Objectifying of people is what that is all about. But Joseph, in his chaste life, can teach us how to be chaste and to honor other people. So it's those various titles. You can just run with each one of the invocations in the litany of St. Joseph and pray over that. I mentioned that head of the Holy Family. So ask Joseph, if you're a a husband, father, help me to be a good head of my family, you know, to be responsible in the call that I've been given. 
or prudent and brave to be able to stand up. So the litany of St. Joseph is, I, I believe, a great place to come, not just to say the words, but to take each invocation and how does that apply to me in my life? John the 23rd has a beautiful prayer to St. Joseph as well. Uh, so that might be something someone would look up as they're doing their spiritual reading and wanting to bring that to their daily journey. For those who, who don't know or haven't read the message from our Bishop Schnur about the year of St. Joseph here in the Archdiocese of Cincinnati and the three parishes involved with that, you want to let us know what that was about? Yes, yeah, it was uh, through uh, Father Umberg gave me a call, and he's a pastor of St. Joseph's in North Bend. And we were reflecting, wouldn't it be good to have some temporary shrines in order to then be able to share the plenary indulgence that goes with this holy year? And so we talked and then talked with Father Sean Wilson up in Wapakoneta, and we thought that would be great because it's, you know, south, middle, and north of the archdiocese. And so people would be have easy access to our temporary shrine churches to make a pilgrimage to one of these churches, and in doing so, then follow the instructions for the plenary indulgence that is available in this year that, that the Holy Father has given for the faithful. And so they can. we have materials on the tables near the shrine of St. Joseph in each of our churches on how to receive the plenary indulgence. And so I, I think that's, uh, we have uh, some folks coming for his feast day, and we've had a couple of pastors call, can they come? at different times and just have a time with their parishioners. Uh, we're, we're making the church available for all of those options as well. So wherever you are in the Archdiocese of Cincinnati, there's probably a St. Joseph Parish reasonably close to you. Because as we said, there's one in each one of the areas of the Archdiocese, and you can make a pilgrimage there and receive the indulgence and find it of how it is that St. Joseph is a great model for, for men and women. You know, for all of us in our lives as followers of Jesus and those who want to do his work in the world. Anything else you want to talk about and bring them that didn't flow from anything I asked you about Joseph or in closing? Probably the one thing that comes to mind is, and I have to wrestle with this as well, how do we stay in dialogue with those who don't respect life? It's all too easy to demonize them and just write them off and say they're lost. And yet Joseph wouldn't say that, I don't believe. Joseph would stay with the dialogue or stay with the journey, stay with the challenge. And I I believe that's important because there are some pretty strong voices that are anti-life in the sense that the choice, it's the woman's choice and all of that. And yet we have to continue to seek to be in dialogue with those who don't believe so that we can be a source of light in the midst of the darkness, that we can be there when there's an opportunity with the help of the Holy Spirit to have a conversation that goes deep into our our lives of faith. So I I think that's the thing, not to give in to the temptation to demonize others who don't respect life, but to pray for them, to really bring them to our prayers and ask Joseph's help to bring about that change of heart within their lives so that we can work together to build the kingdom of God. So I think that's another part of this journey that we're called to as a community of believers, is how do we bring those who aren't respecting the dignity of life, how do we bring them back to the truth? 
And so Joseph can be an intercessor for us in that and to pray for the gifts of the Holy Spirit to help us so that we have the wisdom, the understanding, the fortitude that we need to continue in that dialogue. Because sometimes those are pretty tough conversations to have. And we get riled up, we get angry, and then we start yelling at each other. And that is not a witness to life either. So we have to look, how is our presence speaking the dignity of life? Because if I'm yelling at you or cussing at you or demonizing you, I am not being a vehicle for life. And so how can I, with Joseph's help, continue to purify my heart? I'm a member of the Missionaries of the Precious Blood. So one of the prayers that I do when I'm getting kind of, uh, I feel it out here when I'm getting tensed up, you know, and angry. It's just the image of the precious blood of Jesus just washing over me cleansing me of all that is not of Christ so that I can be a true light in the world today. And that's what our our world needs is people who are the light of Christ to others, helping them find their way in the darkness. One person at a time, you know, in the shadows, like Joseph was, that's where we're going to have the most effect. If people see we really respect life by respecting them, that goes a long way in the conversation continuing. I think that's a great summary. And it's somewhat reiterated. If anyone, if you look into what we know about the life of Joseph and you pray with those scriptures, the little that we have, <laughs> you will see that Joseph must have been a very strong, a very courageous, very brave, and also very humble. He must have been all of those things in order to do what we know that he did. And then God obviously chose him for what he clearly saw as an important and very important role of the son of God needing a father, a role model of a father in his life and chose Joseph for that role. So that's no small small role either. So he is quite the saint to look up for all of us, uh, male and female, even to uh, to look at as a model in our roles. So thank you so much for spending time with us today, talking about St. Joseph, talking about how it is that he can be a role model for all of us, especially in this pro-life movement and in our walk with Christ in our lives and for giving us hints and ways on how we can have a greater devotion to St. Joseph in our walk with Christ as well. So thank you for spending time with us today. You're welcome, Bob. It's a blessing to be with you. My prayers are with you and your ministry as well. And I want to thank all our viewers and listeners for tuning in on this episode of our Being Pro-Life series. Head to the website and check out the video versions or the links talked about in this episode at www.catholicaoc.org slash Thanks again for listening. I look forward to being with you next time.